0: Welcome back to The Human Exception! This week Hallie tells us about some of the greatest product fails of all time. Did you know that NASCAR made romance novels? Well now you do, and wait till you hear some of these descriptions. As always, expect foul language, but let's get ready for another Human Exception!
1: My pillow fort here right now. <laughs> don't get old. Oh,
0: God. Okay, I'll see what I can do.
1: Right. Yeah, I know. See, that's funny because we're all of an age. My younger friends, I'm like, don't, don't get old. Don't do <laughs> it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Oh my gosh. This is so wacky and so much fun. And I was chuckling to myself the entire time I was putting this together. Which is not normally what happens when I put a... <laughs> when I put one of these together and she's like, oh, that's a giant fucking bummer. All right. <laughs> um. Okay. So. And now it's time for some truly awful products. Excellent. I oh, hope you're ready. It's so fun. So. I think that we probably can all agree that Reddit is trash fire, just like most social media. <laughs> <laughs> Reddit yeah. is fascinating and a trash fire. Yeah, it's cesspool. Um, every now and then, though, tucked away in the comments, if I decide to uh, risk my mental health to read them, um, I, you know, between people arguing over hot nonsense and politics and religion and calling each other, if, you know, trying to see if they're an asshole or not. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> which admittedly is one of my favorite subreddits, but at the same time, I'm like, I think half of these are fake, oh but I'm I still think mad. They're all <laughs> fake. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, have you all heard of the Museum of Failure?
0: No. No.
1: Okay. So there was a post this week, actually, or maybe it was last weekend not that long ago, about the Museum of Failure. It is less a museum and more of like a traveling exhibit. I think it's in Brooklyn, New York right now. Um, But it's this exhibit of failed innovations. And I was like, oh, that would be an interesting thing to cover, and then I kind of looked at it and I was like, this seems kind of lame. Let's see what I can do. (laughs) Um, And in the comments, someone was talking about this little known warehouse here in Michigan. In Ann Arbor, specifically, oh. um, which is next to Detroit, probably the largest city in uh, Michigan. It's only about uh, forty minutes from me, or so. And I was like, "Oh, really? Let me go find out what this is about." So, click on the link. I did not get Rick Rolled, which I was very proud of.
2: <laughs> um, <Yay. laughs>
1: no, it was a real it was a real um, article from the Ann Arbor News in twenty ten about this thing called New Product Works. Totally real. So I thought it might be kind of fun to like start there and then get into specific product failures and then read some Amazon reviews of some of the weirdest shit I've ever seen. (laughs) I'm in. Okay, so New Product Works is this big collection of thousands and thousands of consumer products from around the world by another articles count in 20 from 2017 it was over a hundred and forty thousand products um and i have the article so you can see some of the store shelves i just thought this was so interesting so you can take a look it's in the it's in the notes too but for anyone who is listening who wants to look um and you know there's someone who's the head of this museum it's actually part of a company um, so, this warehouse um, actually supplies all of these products um, and supports their clients in what they call business critical decision making processes around consumers, markets, brands, and media. So, they're a consultant for brands basically. Uh, so, if you, the company you work for is a client of this new product works or their owning company, Growth from Knowledge in North America, you could actually go to Ann Arbor and get into this warehouse. Um, And you can go through all of the shelves. So it is just racks and racks of non-perishable food and beverage items, health and beauty products, house care pet items, on and on and on. And they date back decades. That's what I think is so cool. Because it's like, oh my gosh, this is like a living, breathing repository for how marketing has changed over the years. Yeah, okay, but like toaster eggs is what I just. Toaster eggs.
0: Yes,
2: <laughs> I have four pictures of it.
1: <laughs> that was one of the things that got me because I was like toaster eggs. What the fuck? <laughs> um. <laughs> so the article actually cites um, an example of how this worked because I was like, how in the world do you actually make this kind of work? So when a an orange juice company called citrus hill visited several years ago they were there what for what you would expect they're looking for inspiration they're looking for maybe a different way to do things uh and quote at the time most orange juice was frozen concentrate but citrus hill was looking to introduce ready to serve juice in a carton now that seems like a, everyday stuff to <laughs> us right But they were actually they actually started this idea of starting juice in a carton because they were inspired by something they saw on the shelves at this warehouse, which was a package of Japanese laundry soap with a twist off lid on the top. And it inspired this company to put juice into cartons and other um, containers. And then they influenced the dairy industry from there. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yes, I've had frozen orange juice concentrate. I'm sure many people have. <laughs> it's not very good. It's a thing. <laughs> don't... It's a thing. It doesn't taste right. If you're looking to make cheap mimosas, fucking go for it. But <laughs> otherwise, like, I just can't. Like, for me, I can't get around it. I can't imagine. Now, we still have, I don't know about y'all, we still have here, like, from some of the local farms, they'll still use the cartons for things like whipping cream. Yeah,
0: yeah, we still we still use cartons mm. here.
1: Okay. Yeah, ours is a lot more of the plastic waste, which is drives me nuts. Um, yeah, it's like fifty
0: fifty here.
1: Okay, it's probably more like eighty twenty here, plastic versus the cartons. Yeah, I think it really does depend on geography. Um, so, this warehouse, you know, yeah, brand, you know, new ideas, new designs, brand empowerment, blah, blah, blah. But the warehouse is also very much a cautionary tale that even brands can, you know, really uh, m- fuck up a <laughs> bad big time. So, yes, toaster eggs, very good example of, of what the hell. Um, so, I have actually an ad for that, which made me laugh so hard. I was just like, what the hell am I looking at? So here is an ad for toaster eggs. Oh, excellent.
2: <laughs> Why? Uh... <In>
3: 1973.
0: <laughs> like, it's like a
1: frittata that you put in the toaster. It's like a... Seriously. Lego.
3: Okay. All right. It's bad. Right.
1: It's bad. And then there's that image that y'all saw. Um, the Downy Flake toaster eggs with the box look like. It is very clearly oh, from the yeah. 70s. It was also yeah. fifty-nine cents. Oh man, there's a
0: time. So total pause for a moment here. <laughs> Listening to a podcast yesterday and there was like an ad for like um he's like, Oh, get your everything you need for Easter dinner at last year's prices. And I'm like, Oh fuck, that's where we're at now, huh? We're last year's a deal. <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs>
1: That uh, makes me want to jump right. out the window. Okay. <laughs> and it wouldn't be a very far jump. I'm on the ground floor. So it would just be like, "Boop!" But <laughs> I hate it. Um, how about another brand failure that I think most people probably our age and maybe a little bit even younger will remember. How about Crystal Pepsi? <laughs> that know.
0: one?
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. so
0: curious about it.
1: It's foul. Probably is.
0: It's not like, great. I can't,
1: it's not great. It's not great. Well, and, and one of the reasons that it failed when they introduced it back in the, I want to say, late 80s, early 90s was because people are, we are trained. We expect carrots to be orange, broccoli to be green, soda to be brown, with the exception of like ginger ale, right? Or Sprite. We expect a, a soda to be brown, especially if it's called Pepsi or Coca-Cola, You go and you change it and you're looking at that and you're like, I don't know what to expect. So it failed big time. They've tried to reintroduce it a couple more times. I don't know that it's ever done really well.
3: I don't think so either.
1: No, I I, they've tried to bring it back a couple of times and it's just kind of like, okay, I don't know who you're talking to, but some of us remember the first time this. (laughs) (laughs) it was not good. Um, All right. So after I looked at this article, I'm like, okay. Let's look at failures in consumer products. There's some that I feel like everyone knows about. Uh, Google Glass is a oh really man, good modern Google example. Google Glass. Oh, yeah. Google Glass, Tesla's autopilot. Uh, yikes. Um, I highly, highly recommend, because I had this on my list and I was like, nope, you know what? They did it better. Um, I highly recommend the Dollops podcast, their episode on Segway. <laughs> Uh, and that what the fuck story? <laughs> because right. it was it's real good. It's real good. I was like, I can't, I can't, I, can't, I cannot compete with that. So, um, this first one that I thought I would cover, I feel like bridges that gap between unknown and known, and it is the uh, Lululemon Athletica Astro Pants or the sheer yoga pants. Who That happened about oh. ten years ago. Tell I me mean, you have a picture here. Um. Oh, I have so many <laughs> pictures. <laughs> so this was at the time when Lululemon was getting super popular. And it had to do back in 2013 with these damn yoga pants. They were sold out everywhere. There was crazy demand. Uh, and they sold at the time for $98 online. Oh. There's no way. <laughs> hey, what year was no way! 2013. Oh, wow. Yes. um, No one could get their hands on these. And then you know, Lululemon will come out and say, hey, we've got a brand new batch and they're going to be released at, talk okay, about like FOMO outside. advertising, they're going to be released.
0: Got her thing oh. in her mouth <laughs> as you walking around.
2: <laughs> She's so happy, she, she wants stopped. to show you.
1: But yeah.
0: That's
1: so mm. cute. Oh my god. My cats She's stare the at the springs like with what them? the
0: fuck like, is. The that? other ones don't really care about them, but that's her fucking favorite thing ever. And like she'll spend like twenty minutes chasing around the house.
1: <laughs> I got brought a ribbon this morning. Yeah. Yeah, that's Beans' thing, and it's less a ribbon and more of a hoodie string that she stole from Jeremy's hoodie. <laughs> Oh, so, anyways, these things are are wild. No one can get their hands on them. And then, you know, Lululemon starts putting more batches of them out. And then <laughs> the complaints start piling up. Um, people start reporting that the material in these pants was a little too sheer. Specifically in the back or the butt panel. So when you were actually wearing them to yoga... And bending over, <laughs> you were showing everybody the goods.
0: You mean that's not a feature?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. So, oh, and I don't have pictures on these, but you can find them. I do have one picture of what they did to them uh, later, and I'll we'll get into that. Which just made me be like, what the fuck? So people are pissed because they've been waiting for so long for these. They're fucking expensive. Lululemon, at the time, like, I was only aware of it because of this news. Um, we had just barely moved by then, had just barely moved to a big city, and there wasn't a store nearby. Um, so it, it wasn't anything on my radar. And then when I saw the pictures, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was all, all over everywhere. Um, there's complaints all over their Facebook page. There were other complaints, too, about some of the other clothing that was coming out at the time. Uh, mostly about dyes oh, no. bleeding onto other garments, which is never good. Yeah, from like their hoodies and stuff. Yeah. So you'd buy like a bright pink hoodie. This was one woman's example. She buys this like hot pink hoodie and she wears it and it's rubbing off on her other clothes and then she's like, well, maybe I just need to wash it again and she oh, washes it and just pink dye everywhere.
3: That's brutal.
1: I know. That's not na- Yeah, it's like putting something red in with your whites. You're just like, Everything what the fuck? Like... no. <laughs> This was not good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So at first, as I was reading these stories, I was like, okay, they actually tried to do right by their customers. So Lululemon gives them their money back and immediately pulls items from online and physical store shelves. And then the news started trying to get quotes from the company's founder, a man named Chip Wilson. This dude, bro. Thought that his best move, instead of just being genuinely apologetic and saying, you know, we screwed up, we're gonna fix it, he was a dude who oh, started yay. talking about women's bodies. Uh, oh yay, my guy, my dude, do not do it. Just don't fucking do it. Uh direct quote from an interview that he did on Bloomberg TV's Street Smart program. Frankly, some women's bodies just well, don't actually work for from. the yoga pants. Uh, It's more really about... It gets worse. It gets worse. Um, It's more really about the rubbing of the thighs, how much pressure there is over a period of time, how much they use it. Okay. Uh, He got a lot of people real pissed off about that one. And then he, he... and this was on. This was the double down on top of him saying, uh, not too long before that, that the brand's yoga pants quote, which cost around a hundred dollars per pair, became see-through when women buy sizes that are too small for them.
2: Uh,
1: and there's so much misogyny layered so in fault. that that I can't um. even begin. So it's yep, yep. You know, women. They're so self-centered and so worried about appearance that of course are going to try to squeeze themselves sausage casing like into these yoga pants and it's it, our material just it it just can't keep up. It just can't keep up with these fatty fatos trying to put their big bodies oh into these God. our tiny yo- I fucking hate it. It makes me want to light something on fire. Okay. So, later that year cuz this happened in, in like early spring of 2013. So By the end of the year, in November 2013, they are able to reconfigure the yoga pants completely, say, no more see-through. Oh, no. And then they fucked up again. (laughs) So now they're getting hit instead of with, they're like, oh, yeah, they're no longer uh, see-through. But um, the fabric is lesser quality and the fabric is starting to pill. Like, as soon as you wear it, you get those little fuzzy balls of fabric on your pants, and that eventually leads into snagging and tears, and then eventually you can't wear them anymore. Whereas people before were saying, I've had these pants for like five years, and I've never had a problem with them, and now all of a sudden, they're screwed up. Mm. Um, Now for my attempt at being funny, which is, Lululemon tried real hard to make (laughs) lemonade out of lemon pants. They called them second... I know. I thought it was hilarious, but I... I have the humor of, like, a 12-year-old, so, you know. Um, they called these pants oh, no. second-chance pants. Uh,
2: I, have
1: a, I have a picture of the tag for you. The company sewed in <clears throat> on the ones that they'd recalled instead of just saying, hey, we screwed up again. They took the ones that they recalled originally and sewed in an extra layer of fabric onto the back and strips of see-through mesh on the legs. Oh, my God. And then put a new tag on it that I will show you. This is an actual picture of the tag.
0: <laughs> this is what celebrating failure
2: looks like. hmm Yep.
1: Yep. Um, the company explained further, we added mesh panels to the side and a fabric panel across the back to give you the, the coverage you need in down dog. And they were still Excellent. charging $92 for them. Good, good. At the very least, they um, should. Especially been half if you've bought old. the other ones. <laughs> that eventually. Seriously. it sort of like send in your pants and we'll either give you a refund or we will fix them for free. Like, <laughs> what the fuck. Anyways, that was the one that I feel like is probably the most recognizable. Lululemon is still highly popular. I don't have a friggin' clue about any of it not that i think i'm above any of that it's just never been anything on my radar i I can't justify spending a hundred dollars
0: on leggings
1: that's i mean if if you do go for it but if i'm gonna spend a hundred dollars on a piece of clothing it better be something that i can get like five to ten years wear out of minimum yeah it better be like a coat or a pair of leather shoes or you know that's Something like that. Yes. Alright. Um, let's talk about a company called Juicero. No. Does that ring any bells?
3: It, like vaguely, uh, but... Yes.
1: <laughs> so excited. This is fucking bananas. I love it. Um, also covered on the dollop. It's episode 418. That had me rolling and I was like, who the hell... Thought this was a good idea. So who the hell thought a $700 juicer was a good idea? Oh. It's a dude named Doug Evans. So here's Doug. Here's Doug. Oh, this dear. This is Doug. There you go. Oh, here we go. All right. So Evans had been a health food proselytizer, right? He had immediately gone vegan after meeting a woman at a nightclub who then convinced him of the lifestyle's benefits. And then he jumps in. This is a dude who jumps in full on both feet into the deep end. Um, they have some quotes on the the dollop episode that just made me laugh. Because I was like, this guy is bonkers. Like, he does nothing at an even-keeled speed. It's 0 to 100 instantly. So he meets this lady together they immediately found this thing they call organic Avenue and this is in 2006
3: which sold Jules, ten dollar
1: bottles told <laughs> <laughs> ten dollar bottles of cold pressed unpasteurized oh, juice and other vegan snacks mmm It's so dangerous, right? Um, They were really proud of this. They said, quote, it was a vision of a restaurant someone could go to where no animals were harmed and no humans were harmed, Evans said. It was so magical to be able to have that. I was drinking several glasses of juice a day as my primary form of hydration. (laughs) My dude, there's a thing called Walmart. It's got
0: zero calories. (laughs)
1: Like, just...
0: Not a bunch of sugar. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyways, Um, they go... (laughs) <laughs> they they go into it on the podcast. Basically, the machines that they were using, they had a really high demand because they were in New York, and they couldn't keep up because the mach- the juicing machines they were using, which were industrial to you know, they were restaurant style, um, could only process three gallons of juice an hour, Fuck. which is not much. So it's- yeah, it's three three milk containers worth of juice an hour. Oh so God. you would need several of these machines. And then they they're like they're getting sold out, you know, in the middle of the day, so they go and buy more machines, they're still producing that, and then they ev- eventually buy like the giant industrial juicers and those can do 15 <laughs> gallons an hour. But you're going to have to sell a lot of fucking juice in order to be able to pay it's for the investment that you're scheme. making. <laughs> that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, but kind of. Yeah, it's they, they just wound up dumping all of this money in. So Organic Avenue uh, doesn't last very long. It lasts about six years. It gets sold in 2012 to um, some investors who immediately <laughs> shut it down and kick these two out of the company. And, you know, so Evans has m- some money in his pocket now, but he's still obsessed with juice. All juice. All the time. <laughs> he needs it. Oh, give it to me. Yeah. So he starts working with these freelance welders and machinists. And spends all of this time and money building juice machine prototypes <laughs> in his apartment in Brooklyn. Right. And I can only imagine what that place looked like. So about a year later, he has this working model. It works, but the machine has a few problems. The biggest one being that mainly it would blow That's apart a and send an metal and food flying across the room. So so it sounds like a little bit of a little bit of a problem, maybe not a product the consumer would trust, maybe. Um, so he goes back to his old girlfriend and partner for Organic Avenue. They find some investors and Evans decides that he's going to build this thing. He's going to get it. He must be just from some of the quotes that I read. He's a very charismatic man. Um, but again, zero to hundred must've been quite the talker. He just super hardcore believed in this juice machine. That's why I call it proselytizing at the beginning, because he really was just, I am from the church of Jews, evangelize, amen. Just like, easy stuff. Um, So he eventually manages to round up half a million dollars in funding to build this thing. Now, to build something that has a lot of machine parts to it, half a million dollars isn't going to get you real far. And he knew that. So he gets more funding, and then he gets more funding. And eventually he gets enough funding to move the operation to a shopping center in Silicon Valley. And that's where he raised $16.5 million in Series A funding. Uh, Yeah, Series B funding then comes along and nets him another $70 million. Yeah, yeah. So he starts building the machines. And calls it Juicero. The Juicero Press. It wound up as a Wi-Fi connected juicer that used... Yep. Oh, it gets worse. It gets worse. It gets so much worse. I love this story so much because it's bananas. Wi-Fi connected. But this is in 2016? So in order for that to have purpose, you would have needed an app. Yep. You know? control it? Yeah. Um it so it used quote proprietary single serving oh, packets no. of pre-chopped fruits and vegetables that were sold exclusively oh, by the company no. by subscription. Yes. Uh it launched in March 2016 at an eye-watering price of $699. Thanks. Right. Yes. But when sales were shockingly not meeting expectations, (laughs) Evans steps down as the CEO and is replaced by a man named Jeff Dunn, who's a former president of Coca-Cola North America. So you would think, (laughs) oh, somebody who maybe knows what the fuck he's doing. Nope. All he did was drop the price tag only 10 months later in January 2017. Anybody want to take a guess what they dropped it to from $6.99? Uh, as as the price is right would say lower lower
2: 2.99 uh
1: a little bit still, higher than that drop. 3.99 3.99 it's a huge drop yes and they're still not selling and then my favorite part of this story and this is on top of them like not properly refrigerating the juice packets And storing them just on racks and unfrigerated warehouses, and then there being a rat problem and all of this stuff. um, It was the big controversy that eventually shut Juicera down completely. Was that consumers and journalists, pardon me, (coughs) quote, discovered that its juice packets could be squeezed just as easily by hand as the company's expensive (laughs) machine. was a guy on Bloomberg News I've seen the report it made me laugh so hard he was just like and you know they say that the juice machine can do all of this but so can I and he just squeezes the juice back <laughs> in <laughs> into a glass
0: wow I was gonna say like, what makes a juicer like mm-hmm. worth $700 so like...
1: I I will show you okay. a picture of what this thing looks like torn apart um oh my god oh, so good so on September 1st, 2017, the company announced that it was suspending sales of the juicer and the packets, repurchasing the juicer from its customers and searching for a buyer for the company and its intellectual property. Insane. Um, and then a right after all of this you know, bad news that shuts the company down, there was a venture capitalist named Ben Einstein who thought, you know what, I'm going to take this thing apart and found it was so complex. It was too complex. And a machine far less complicated and expensive could have done the exact same thing. So this is what a juicera looks like. It's so Torn apart. Why? It's so hard. Why? Exactly. For no other reason than this guy thought if he loved it, it clearly needed to be complicated. And it's also a, a model of what happens to people <laughs> when they get wrapped up in Silicon Valley culture.
2: Mm.
0: Juice, juices are literally pretty much just wild. like grinders. <laughs> just liquid grinders. That's all I mean. Yeah.
1: It may the, There's a thing called a blender.
0: Yeah, that too. Blenders exist. Like. Then you have to, like, ah. eat all the fiber and stuff and, like. Uh, like it
1: be pure. I know. Pure. It has to be pure. It has to be pure juice. I hate it. <laughs> that is one of my favorite stories of all time. It's fantastic.
0: Oh my
1: god. Um, so I've got one. Okay, so I've got one more product, and then we're gonna do crossovers, which made me, <laughs> oh. <laughs> just question, question everything. Um, uh, so Keurig, right? Keurig the coffee machine, Keurig. Yeah. That also tried to do that proprietary thing, <laughs> and failed miserably. Because they were like, well, clearly, you know, we don't want you filling up your own pot and putting it in our expensive machines. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then people were like, no, fuck you. Um, Keurig thought, because it was just so massively popular, I remember this thing. It didn't make any sense to me. I'm not a fan of Keurigs. I think they're incredibly wasteful. Yep. Um, and you can't control anything with them other than the amount of water you use. And I'm like, if I'm going to make coffee, I'm going to make it the way that I want, not the way that this tastes like. Like, ugh.
0: And again, so, so wasteful, yeah. just like you said.
1: So wasteful, so wasteful. Um, it cursed year 2016. So in 2016, <laughs> the company thought that consumers would want the same machine, but for soda. Oh. It, it was called the Keurig cold.
0: No. <laughs> Remember when, like, 2016 was like, man, things cannot get worse than this? <laughs>
1: I think this stuff slipped by because 2016 was such an awful year. <laughs> so here's a picture of this. Was
3: 2016 worse than like the, the, the like the the seven years afterwards? I think it. That's
1: the joke. <laughs> it was it was the harbinger. Uh, we'll uh, say that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that thing. Um, oh my! The machine. God. This curig cold, cold with a K. First of all, it was three hundred and seventy dollars. Oh, good. And all, you can see from the picture there that they used in promotional stuff because they thought that was a good idea. It's huge. Yeah. It's humongous, which is a problem. Um. So it's three hundred seventy dollars. When you compare that to the most basic Soda Stream, a Soda Stream at the time was seventy nine.
0: Oh like, my god.
1: This is already wild.
0: Like, well, It's yeah. kind of new technology-ish sp- around that time for home, but nope, no, there's nothing to justify that. Nope. Price.
1: When at least the soda stream, you could do different things with it. Yeah. You can carbonate stuff. Like if you want to just carbonate something, you can fucking do that. Like it Ugh. So and then there's the cost per drink. So that with the cold was anywhere between 99 cents and $1.29. The soda stream was between $0.08 to $0.20 per serving. (laughs) I can still get $0.99 12-ounce bottles of soda at gas stations and pharmacies. Like, if you buy them on sale, they'll do, like, a two-for-two. You can still... It's totally doable to do that. And this machine was six years ago, and they're like, Yeah, spend $400, then spend $1.29 per glass. I'm like, what the fuck were you doing? Someone failed. Um, And they're also putting this out at a time when soda is in a huge decline. And it still is, but at this time, it was really in a steep decline. It wasn't nearly as popular. There was an article of Business Insider from that same year that said, quote, Keurig rolled out cold at a time when Americans are cutting back on soda consumption for health reasons. Per capita, soda consumption last year was 41.4 gallons, down from 52.4 gallons in er, 2004. That's a that's a drop. Yeah, it's a drop, but also like forty one point four gallons per person. Yeah, it's a lot of soda.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Oh my god. Anyways, no judgment on anyone who does drink it. I just I can't drink it because of the medications I'm on makes a lot of carbonated things taste really foul.
0: It's a really good way to cut back. <laughs> I just find that's things that's like, way too sweet these days. So I think that's just getting old though. It's too sweet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, we did stop on the way back from a road trip yesterday and I was like, can you go get me like a Coke Zero? And I started drinking it and I was like, oh God, this is so bad. I can't do this. Yeah, <laughs>
3: so... I like, I stopped drinking most like soda things and switched to like carbonated water. Um. Mm-hmm. And... Yes. even like a coke zero now is like i'm gonna just drink half of
1: this i'm yeah it's too yep. much yeah if i'm if i'm lucky enough to be or lucky unlucky enough to be like out in public and i feel a migraine coming on and i can down a coke sometimes that works That's because of the influx of caffeine uh-huh. yeah um But it has, like, I have to chug it all in one go. I can't sip it. And that stuff is so sweet that I can't chug it. So it's like, well, that's not really an option for me anymore. (laughs) Um, So, oh, so the thing size. This thing is huge. Oh, and the noise. It buzzed constantly when it was plugged in, like a low-level buzz. Oh, no. Yeah, no, not good at all. You had to keep it plugged in at all times if you wanted to use it regularly because it took forever to cool down after a single serving pour. It took up to five hours. What? What? To cool down.
0: Cold took five yeah. hours to cool down.
1: Yep. Yep. They, they don't see the irony there? Nope. Um, customers also noted that it was loud as a, quote, freight train, and that they could hear it clear across the house in other rooms. There were complaints about it overheating if you didn't keep it a certain distance from the wall or other appliances. Oh yep. What, and then there's the output thing? of this thing. I, I don't know. It definitely was not doing what it was supposed to do. That's for sure. Um, so there's the output of it. It would produce every five hours, apparently, a single eight ounce glass of soda from disposable pods of syrup. Super not earth friendly. Yeah. Um, A standard serving of soda is 12 ounces, so there's a 4-ounce difference already, and we know that the cost is basically equivalent to a 12-ounce for what you're getting 8 ounces for. Um, Sometimes the pods were ill-designed and they didn't work, which leads to more waste and more cost, and the pods were expensive as fuck. Hmm. Coca-Cola pods were sold in packs of four for $4.99. Oh my god. A two-liter bottle of soda in the grocery store is usually around $2 bananas bananas um there were a couple of really good review quotes that made me laugh Um, this one says quote another customer said that he received the machine for free in exchange for an unbiased review and he (laughs) disliked the machine so much that he won't be keeping (laughs) it here's his review (laughs) i would not buy this product it is far from economical and there's no convenience benefit the pods are almost as large as buying a can of soda the machine is also too large to keep on the countertop, taking up as much room as my microwave. It is also loud. Hums louder than the refrigerator on standby. Jesus. Clearly, they didn't keep that on the shelves for long.
0: Clearly, they did not do market testing.
1: Incredibly bad. Yeah, like, Incredibly bad.
0: There's so many things that you'd build, like, hell, like, really quickly, and like a really quick test.
1: Right. Right. It's just even looking at the size of the prototype, everyone would be like, "Nah." Yeah, I'm like
0: you can see the size it's of the pods in that one. picture, and it's like, "Wow." Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They are way too. It, everything about it is way too big, and that what she's got in her hand there is eight ounces. It's not even a full glass. Oh my god. Nope. I know. I don't... Five hours. Every... every five hours, you can have a glass. <laughs> oh my god. I guess it would reduce your soda consumption.
2: <laughs>
1: it sure would. <laughs> Um, Okay, so how about just $370? I about shit myself. I was like, what the hell? Um, Okay, so some weird ones. Let's do some weird ones. Uh, How about NASCAR romance novels?
2: (laughs) Oh, no. I'm
1: sure
0: that sells to a very specific audience. You
1: can still buy them. You can still buy them. I'm so excited. I wish that we could read this on stream because I would probably just keel over um so harlequin and nascar wanted to make romance novels work and to sell to audiences who might not have cared about the daytona 500 ah yes this is basically (laughs) the pink it's basically the pink tax it's like it just um so as someone who is a fan of the romance genre it's gone through a lot of changes in the last two decades um now romances are more diverse they're more interesting they're more focused on emotional connection but you can still find You know, breezy or low-key or smutty romances, absolutely. But the genre as a whole has moved past kind of that Fifty Shades of Grey days. So naturally, back in the early aughts, NASCAR wanted in on that dirty, dirty Fifty Shades money (laughs) by partnering with arguably the biggest name in romance publishing, Harlequin. But... They made a really weird move because I thought, oh, this is going to be some nasty, dirty smut. Like they're like fucking in the car or something. Nope. Um, NASCAR decided they wanted to omit all, quote, sexual intercourse, drugs and alcohol. And NASCAR crashes from the books and focus on emotional kissing. Emotional, emotional kissing. That's, that's what I read my romance. Emotional kissing. God, they took out all the stuff that would have made those romances popular. Yeah. <laughs>
0: what that's like so it's, it's not anything at that point. Like,
1: uh, it's not anything. No. no, I really think what they were doing, and they weren't gonna say it because NASCAR fans at the time and still predominantly, although it has changed a little bit, are predominantly white male Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were trying they were trying to stride a line between romance and and clean romance, quote unquote, clean romance, which I hate that phrase. Uh, I won't get into why, but it, yeah, it's the assumption. It's basically the assumption that if a book has sex in it, it it is dirty and unnatural. Mm. So emotional kissing. Holy fuck. Um, no fucks. There were no fucks. Uh, NASCAR's defense of their publishing partnership was worded thusly. And I quote, Mark Dyer, another dude. Great. Uh, the vice president of licen- licensing for NASCAR said that their surveys found that 72% of female fans enjoyed reading <laughs> and were more likely to purchase books than non fans. And I went, I think you're very stupid. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Um. So let's get some pictures of these bad boys because they are still available on Amazon. <laughs> I'm assuming there's
0: right? my, my link.
1: They're not still printing oh, them, are they? Oh man! No, but you can buy them used. Yes, oh, yeah. Which is my favorite thing. So here's one. Um, if it'll let me copy the thing, hey, come on. Uh, this one is called Speed Dating by Nancy Warren. It has a publishing date of January 30th, 2007, and I will read you the description of this bad boy. Yeah, you can still get them used. Mass market paperback. You can buy them on Kindle um dylan hargreave thinks i'm an actress paid to pose as his girlfriend at a north carolina society wedding how did this happen to me of all people kendall clark award-winning actuary oh yeah i can't veritable shining star of number crunchers who just hours ago learned her responsible fiance sorry ex fiance called off our wedding because she had gotten one of my colleagues pregnant what are the odds There are so many tense switches in that fucking sentence. I cannot. Don't tell me you've never heard of Dylan Hargreave, celebrity NASCAR driver, People Magazine's sexiest man of the year, those eyes, that smile. Forget sensible, I've assessed the risk, and I'm taking it. I usually keep the brakes on, but as of now, I'm taking a vacation from me. I want to die.
0: I I get that emotional kissing. So taking the brakes off to get emotional,
1: kissing. Bad. So bad. Two hundred and fifty-six pages. Oh my god.
3: I don't <sighs> know. No. But never
0: mind the whole fact that this is like exploitative of the people in your fucking like employment. <laughs>
1: uh, it's just not good.
0: Yeah, it it really is. It's it you Yeah, could you imagine if they right. were if they were women and they did this? Like there would be fucking outrage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um this one is by at least a male sounding author name. Um this one's from 2009. Running wide open. What the fuck does that even mean?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I know. I know. <laughs>
1: me and nathan are both in the corner going <laughs> like trolls <laughs> i'm not gonna read that one out loud this hurts my soul um you can read it it's just bad it's at least better written kind of um the fact that they were producing these for years just who the fuck
3: reads these like nascar mobs
1: <laughs> i don't well, there's know there's two ratings on the know. one that she just linked
0: and it's three out of five <laughs> Uh... yeah yeah it's not good
1: it's not good i know these are rough okay okay, so anyways
0: okay this review um j bank says like all other nascar books this one was just as fun as exciting and exciting if you love nascar and romance all of these books are for you four out of five and then the other review is a two out of five. The running wide open book is really a disappointment to me because it has NASCAR written on the cover. I thought it'd be more about racing, not the sex life of a racer and a female doctor. I won't buy any more of these books. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Excellent.
0: Uh, so, yeah. good. so good.
1: Uh... Anyways, obviously they don't, they're not in production anymore, but... Um, Yeah, so that was fun. I was like, okay, all right, we're on Amazon. What kind of other hot nonsense can I find? And I found one that just made me laugh. You may have seen them as cat owners, but they're called catnip joints.
3: What? How have Mm -hmm. I not seen these?
1: These literally serve no purpose other than the novelty. Um, They are (laughs) labeled non-addictive, so that's I guess that's a good thing. That's fucking hilarious. But the customer questions... It's very funny, like, as a gag gift? Totally. For the sake of just giving my cat catnip? Fuck no, I'm gonna buy catnip. Like, why, why would I bother with this? This is insane. Um, so I scrolled down to the customer questions, and they are essentially uh, as follows. Why is it a joint? Do the joints come unwrapped? Is it real paper that tears easily? Oh, no, my cat ate the whole thing. Should I be concerned? Customer reviews include these gold tidbits. My cat chewed into the Amazon box to get at this. I was like, okay, fair. You know what? That's fair. Uh, This one made no sense to me. It's a bit of a paragraph, so see if you can comprehend this one at some point. Um, She says, I only had to take it out of the packet, and Sparky got a whiff of the good stuff and went meerkat on me to get a hold of it. Much better than the -the off-the-shelf stuff. Which, okay. She ate the end off, went roly-poly on the floor, turned into liquid, and snatched it out of my hand when I tried to assist her in picking it up. How very dare I. I did try to go twosies, but she wasn't for sharing and would probably have clawed my face off if I tried to get it off her. I think I'll have to ration them to one a week. I did wonder if she would get the munchies or sleep afterwards. She slept till 3 a.m., which is about normal, as all you cat parents know that it's time for first breakfast. I was like, oh, lady. Oh my God. It's like a book. Stop it. Uh, and then my favorite one that I, I dug around a little bit to find because I was like, I gotta read these. Um, Said, would love to... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> would love to figure out... <laughs> Figure out some kind of adhesive or something I could put around the joints to make them hard to puncture or break.
2: <laughs>
1: <sighs> my dude, my guy, my friend. I think you missed the point. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh shoot. All right, and I'm gonna end with something that I did not know existed. Can I, shame on can, can I just this. L- go for it?
3: One of the questions on here is is it legal to resell these at the neighborhood school
1: yep
2: and the (laughs) answer is
3: i wouldn't get your kittens hooked that young catnip is a gateway drug to harder stuff like shrimp treats and balls of yarn or that mind trip that is the elusive red dot yeah they're catnip and no it is not human grade nor would i try and smoke it and yes you can sell them at school but i wouldn't unless you have packaging What?
1: <laughs> Thanks. There were, it was so much a cross between like people wink, wink, nudge, nudging in the reviews and the comments, and then other people who were just like, oh my God, Amazon sells weed. Yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah. I think there were some very confused mm-hmm. people. <laughs> oh my God. So now I give you my favorite part, which is something called. The bug assault. Okay. And it is not your average lice water. Oh. Uh, it is a patented salt gun for insect eradication.
3: <laughs> oh yes.
0: <What>?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> yeah, I remember this thing. Looking
0: like a. Shotgun?
1: It looks like a Nerf gun. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh my. God. You fill it with salt and you shoot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. Like just
0: regular table salt. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you could probably use this in like um... ghost hunting,
1: huh? <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> So the description of the Bug Assault 3.0 reads, Updated with a new rapid-fire crossbolt safety. Improved engineering on trigger mechanism. It's now very light, so be careful. Keep away from children and pets. Barrel has been lifted and patched sight-added for extremely accurate shooting. Improved, more durable salt hopper. Makes tactical reloads easy during the heat of battle. Includes a 90-day warranty, blah, blah, blah. Non-toxic accurate within three feet. And no batteries needed, it has over 28,000 reviews.
0: This is a no fly zone on, the, on this model. The salt was created <laughs> and I patented in 2012, and when vile, attracting press, bloggers, and customers worldwide, a miniaturized shotgun effect is generated with this ingenious product. product. Or, ordinary yep. table salt is utilized as a lethal projectile with an accuracy range of three free. Oh my god, I can't believe there's so many products.
1: It comes in colors, yeah, yeah you can get the girl version you know for the ladies there's the pink one um it's called the passion assassin (laughs) um it's just this is just bananas i love it so much the ratings are actually Uh, good to a certain point yes um having dug through some of them it was kind of funny because i do think a lot of people on this thing are are definitely they're not trolling, but they're trying to get you'll see especially from the one review that I have they are definitely like taking the Mickey out of some of the, <laughs> but they're still reviewing it well oh my, gosh. oh my gosh um so customer questions on this include, can I kill mice with it? Thank you in advance <laughs> uh, uh-huh. is there an answer? What is the effective range for a fly? Uh, it says no. <laughs> This one was my favorite. Um, I live in Florida. We have these tree frogs that live behind your shutters on your home. Will this, that take care of them? Thanks, Mike W. Someone answered, no way, not strong enough. Besides, why kill frogs when you could just move them away? <laughs> you know. Uh, can a hibachi chef use this to salt rice, asking for a friend? Yes, of course, all safety precautions will be taken. No pointing at people, pets, etc. I got no idea. And then I am about to read you a fantastic review to kind of end this entire <laughs> weird trip into strange products. Um Oh my goodness. Hats off to this guy. Uh the bug assault rifle, to some, is just a fun gimmick. To me, it was all I had to fend off my family in a war. <laughs> These flies, they aren't like us. They've evolved to the point where their population can increase tenfold in the span of a couple of days. I still remember the the before time. My family was so happy. Then one day, out of nowhere, I heard a buzzing near my ear. Turned around and didn't see anything. Forgot about it, didn't think anything of it until one of my boys asked me to round up some of the crops for him. I walked out to the kitchen to grab a banana from the fruit bowl to see what had to be 50 to 20 of the enemy suckling on the fruit. I grabbed Old Faithful, my tried-and-true swatter, and went to town on the hellish fiends. They had no idea what hit them. Unfortunately, with only a couple of the little devils left, my swatter snapped at the center of its handle. (laughs) Knowing I had no offensive advantage on the flies anymore, I had to retreat. I immediately came back here to Amazon looking for swatters. I found a nice-looking American-made swatter, placed the order, and waited. Unfortunately, for my family and the time between the swatter getting here, The fly population had exploded to hundreds, if not thousands, of the grape-bunch-eyed-looking monsters. I had a regular swatter that wasn't going to do it anymore. I placed an order for this. (laughs) When the package came, I immediately ripped the rifle from its container, cleaned the barrel, and gently worked the pump. After several minutes getting familiar with every inch of the product, I filled the chamber with S-grade table salt. I looked around at the flies. (laughs) This is so stupid. I love it. I looked around at the flies, now outnumbering my family 3,000 to 1, found a group of about four of them, and pulled back the skin of my bug assault rifle, refilling the red tip to the bugs. Took a breath, said a prayer to the one and only God, our Lord, and pressed the trigger. Three of the bugs flew away unscathed, but all that was left of that fourth one was a couple of legs. <laughs> Oh God. Good. After seeing the damage this baby could do, I ran around my home, quickly pumping the rifle, pumping up and down, up and down, watching as the white salt exploded from the tip and sometimes ripped apart the flies. And I was like, my dude, we get it. It's a dick joke. I understand it. Like, <laughs> we get it. Uh, I was in control. I was God against these wretched hell demons. And in the end, with this product, I was able to hold my own until I called in my father for a chemical strike. Against the flies, which ended the war for good. The product is sturdy, but if you actually need to fire it continually, it can really make your arm sore, as it takes a good amount of force to actually use the pump so you can fire again. My family told me it looked like I was walking around jacking off the gun as I had to reload it over and over. <laughs> Gets the job done if you only have a few pests, but if you're dealing with an infestation, you would be better off just bug bomb. <laughs> amazing,
3: <laughs>
1: like,
0: fucking like amazing. Okay, just want Amazon reviews.
1: Uh.
2: <laughs> yeah, jesus
1: like, what the fuck am i reading right now it's so <laughs> but it's so good so it is that was a a guy from uh named molly m-o-l-i it's the very top review on the 3.0 bug assault there's even a picture of him with just- his. <laughs> And showing off the dead flies, and I was like, "My dude, that's like a dozen."
0: That's like... so I saw like, like I saw that review when I opened it, and like I just read the couple first couple sentences, and uh... I'm like, "Oh god, I hope she reads this one."
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I had to pick that. one. Some of the other ones were bananas. They were like, "I shot a the next one down says I shot a brown recluse with it, and it launched it several feet." Oh. <laughs> Anti fly warfare perfected. I've never seen my dad so happy. Oh my Almost god. Again. Anyways, so that's it for me. There you go. All
0: right. Oh, I guess that's a wrap.
3: <laughs>
0: that's it for this week. Next week, we're back with stuff that we're recording this weekend. So I don't know what that is yet. As always, links, pictures, and additional information can be found on our website at The Human Exception. To keep up with all things exceptional, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at The Human Exception. If you have a story you want us to cover, want to tell us that we're wrong, or you just want to say hi, you can email us at The Human Exception at gmail.com. And to get on the fun, come join us on our Discord server. Link can be found on our contact page. Keep on being exceptional, my humans, and have a wonderful weekend.